quiet. Time for a start show. Trouble defeat audience. Your move silently and hide checks are successful. Good evening, lords, ladies, non-binary, multi-form, constructs, unknowable, and others. You have chosen your entertainment quite wisely, for you are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in the great, venerable, and multiplanar empire of Voladros and the Wathens. I am your host and proprietor, Romande Zwarvinde, and I welcome you to the Twenty-Sided Theatre. Dancing lights! Oh, my beloved audience, it has been quite some time since we last checked in with each other. Preparations for my insufferable bastard's triumphant return to Sandaskar are well underway. It should take only about six and a half weeks until we have gathered the full might of our various attendants, vassals, monks, penguins, devout Scotalians, irresponsible magi, undead automata, and so forth. Once everybody has assembled in the Oakvale Town Square, then we shall call our rolls and set off for the capital city of the Empire. This time, we are definitely not being irresponsible, and nobody at all is planting alkanut trees around the perimeter of Town Hall. Certainly not Steve. And to further convince you not to peer too closely into any of my business affairs, I present Hera Laris and the Dipson Memorial Action Town Criers. What's the news, Hera? Thank you, Romande. Tonight, we bring you news of an environmental disaster upon the world of your IE. Last night, an earthquake rocked the Weyalar jungle, registering over seven and a half marks on the logarithmic scale. We go now to Engar Flamehand for more details. Thank you, Hera. As you can see behind me, the village of Scree has been entirely wiped out by the quake. No survivors from the peaceful tribe of the fruit-eating bat people have been located as of yet. However, no bodies have been found either. Engar, do you have any information on what did happen to the peaceful fruit-eating bat people of Wayular? Very little, Dame Loris. The last report from the task force that the Imperial Service Organization deployed to this world merely reads, Bat in Dangeork, Azuork Stone. Cave safe. What is that even supposed to mean, Angar? Well, Hera, 
The note seems to have been quilled by their bard, John Orkthan Coltork, who is well known for his position on remuneration for writing. I believe the official quote is, unless me sing or me get pay, me use as little word as me can, even for orkficial purposes. Well, perhaps the bat people have been relocated to the Azure Stone Caverns. Uh, highly unlikely, Hera. A few days ago, an explosion caused the mouth of the cavern complex to collapse. The cause of said explosion is still under investigation by the local constabularies. Unfortunately, these constabularies hail from four different tribes, city-states, or whatever civic units they use here on Urai. <coughs> so they're more focused on determining who holds jurisdiction than upon investigation. And that attempt at jurisdictional determination looks to be deteriorating swiftly. I'm going to wrap up here and head back to the studio before things turn violent between the emissaries from Wolf Clan and Swamp Tribe. So, back, back to you, Hera. Thank you, Angar. When we return, the vengeful ghost of Adanska Rothgeld will present us with the results of every sporting event played throughout the Empire in the past month. But first, a word from our sponsors. Me and Scrump Chugger, and me here for tell you about new product that has changed me life. Me ends are allergic for many animal with hair. Thems make me sneeze, and it get hard for breathe just when beast walk by. Me go to Doc Dork and him say that if me want for live on work, then me needs be far away from all hairy animals. Otherwise, maybe me go into Anna. Anna. Maybe me go into Anna for classic shock. Luckily, me know fine purveyork of all most best animal grooming product. Me want for introduce the Mammoth King brand Animal Fast Shave Bernie Foam. You are allergic to horks? Cover horks in foam, then watch mane and tail shrink orc way. And sheep get you goat? Put Bernie foam on both. You not need wool if you are allergic. And you always sneeze when dwarf nearby? Only the Mammoth King brand fast shave Bernie foam has be powerful enough for melt away even the hardest, thickest dwarven follicle. Just listen for him majesty endorsement. I am the Mammoth King! Her Majesty tell you for go buy the Mammoth King brand Animal Fast Shave Bernie Foam right now, even if you don't think you need. Oh, noble members of my beloved audience, please do recline upon your gilded seats. Liberally quaff your libations, inspire your pharmacoy, and adjust your listening devices that you may capture even the tiniest twitterings that waft past your exquisitely shaped ears at the Twenty-Sided Theater. You awaken in near total darkness, with the only illumination coming from the lower landing on the stairwell, where you built a fire and posted watches while the rest of the party slept upstairs. The guard post in the outer walls of Fair Shirai has provided a decently defensible spot for you to bivouac, but now the time has come to delve deeper into the ruins in hopes of finding an ancient deep elf raiding tunnel so you can escape to this world's surface. 
And from there, we shall return to Sandusgar, that we might answer the Emperor's call and save the lives of countless myriads. Fair true, Godric. But it's gonna be way easier said than done, what with all them eye-blasted roaches what we had to fight this room for last night. Were we not, Wesley? Those roaches had obviously been tampered with by some unknown outside force. So it's not like we're going to run into a whole hive of bugs that have evolved to use their eyes for shooting chaos rays instead of seeing. And if we do happen to come across any more of those things, Moonslice and I will keep you safe. Um, me think you miss something, Elbren Orc. <clears throat> You're mispronouncing my name again, Coltar. Me so sorry, Wolfie Elf. You obvious no miss nothing because you am so familiar with Storky about hungerking end. I'm only passingly familiar with this set of stories, Coltork. What does your bardly knowledge bring to the party? Me thank Grok. Me also thank for make name easy for me say, even if not easy for me draw its sound. Ungorking end ams no eyes demon that want for eat whole Unorkverse. Maybe more than one Unorkverse, it unclear. Anyway, great great ancestork of Emperork defeat long time ago. But story no say how it done. Just let Empiork start Aftork no eyes demon go away. And no demon huntork am's principal export product of Empiork. You missed a few dozen greats there, Kotork. A few hundred if you were talking about the Emperor's human lineage and not his elfin. But yes, you have given a very basic recounting of events from the very deepest beginnings of the Emperor's mythical past. Do you know the long version of that story, Coltork? Ratul is tutoring me for the Imperial Citizenship exam, but uh, the oldest of a diorata lore only goes back about 120 years. A squeak. A point well made, Ratul. He says that since we are all awake and packed, we ought to continue our search for a path back up to the surface. But first, let us start by searching the rest of this guard post. Sounds, Sounds like, like you guys need to give me some rolls. You guys have find anything? Nothing super useful. Just this well-crafted compound bow. And a bottle of fluid that looks like that opera singer's hair. Ahem. To whom are you referring as that opera singer? According, According to the, the rules, rules that, that you set, set up in this theater bar, they, they can't, can't hear you. you. You're, you're not, not in this scene, so leave them alone. And, and leave their, their potion of splendor alone while you're at it. Fine. But when we all convene in Sandaskar, I am going to give such a performance. And that performance will be so magnificent that nobody will ever refer to me as that anything again. Uh, I, I hate you. What did I do? No, no it, wasn't it wasn't you. you. I, was I was talking, talking to... to... <sighs> you know, you know what? what? Just, Just never, never mind. mind. Uh, uh, anybody, anybody else find, find anything? anything? I did. It looks like a journal or a log of some kind. Uh, let's see. 
I studied classical deep elf back in wizard college, so I ought to be able to translate if you just give me some time. Anything useful in the first few pages, Jason? Uh, not much, if I'm reading this right. It's mostly a journal about life in the guard post. Oh, there's a date here in the, in the upper margin, but it's in the Deep Elf calendar. Hmm. Let's see here, carry the one, multiply by 11 ninths, divide by the square root of the hypotenuse. Uh, it looks like the first entry is from about 15 or 1600 years ago, give or take a half century. Let me see that date. Hmm. Yes. Your meager capacity for mental mathematics has always been your greatest academic shortcoming, Jason. But you seem to be improving. This first entry was written on the 77th day of the third season, 1,579 years ago. I feel my very animus moved by the unseen hand of AWK. Can I crash your reading party, Javier? Of course, Krog. Though I did not know you could read any variations of the Deep Elf language. I can't. But, like I said, it feels like there's something in there that I need to see. Let me just look over your shoulder. Hey, that symbol! What does that symbol mean? I think I've seen it somewhere before. If it's anything like a mine native tongue, then it's a symbol for a horizon. But uh, it's been modified in some way that I can't parse. Technically, it's the symbol for accretion, not horizon. Like when clouds of dust collapse in space and the particles start rubbing up against each other until a star erupts. Why was this deep elf called writing in his journal about how stars are formed? Also, his people lived underground, so how did they know anything about stellar ecology? If they raided the surface as often as Talek said they used to, then they probably had plenty of opportunities to study the stars. Jason, you keep reading in case anything useful is to be found here. Meanwhile, we should head back downstairs to the main office. I want to search the door on the other side of the duty desk. You head, head downstairs down and, and swiftly confront, confront Godric's door. Now, let us simply open this portal and... It won't open. Don't worry, Godric. I've got a masterwork set of lockpicks, so we'll have that door jimmied in no time. Uh, half thing? You know where pant, so where you untie pick? Oh, easy. Most of my lockpicks can double as hairpins or other ornaments. Did you get it, Wes? Uh, I'm not really feeling anything to fiddle with. I think the tumblers are all jammed in the unlocked position or something. Well, if it's not locked, then our path of action is clear. Hardcore Scotalians, strike for the Empire! You put the combined weight of the entire party up against the door, and within a few moments, it slowly, torturously begins to open. After a long day of plowing fields or cutting down trees or whatever it is you nominally protected citizens usually do, it is customary to sit down to a hearty home-cooked meal. 
But who has time to prepare a meal when you've been laboring in the salt mines all day? Hi, my name is Morten Salzgeld, and I've decided to capitalize on the name confusion that has plagued my clan's salt mines for generations. So, I'm now introducing the Morton's Own line of home cooking tutorials and supplies. Yes, Rubes, I've scoured the world for the finest chef to prepare my fine bounty of foodstuffs. Why don't you come out here and introduce yourself, Chef Chipola? It's an answer to meet you. The onion man here has hired me to make the finest onion recipes in all of the plains. I'm gonna teach you to cook the onions in the ways that you wouldn't believe that the onions could be prepared. What's on this month's menu, Chef Chipola? This month, we've got four dishes on order. Spiced baked onions with an onion salad. Braised onions in an onion bisque. An exquisite seven onion casserole. And my personal favorite, onion tartare with a side of deep fried shallots. Don't those all sound delicious, folks? The onion tartare is my favorite, too, Chipola. That onion asparagus hybrid that Himalanda sent over was pretty disgusting, though. We should have charged the value-added tax for any recipes that use the onion gus asparagus onyasparagus. Um, instead of addressing that tiny update in my co-workers' war on foodstuffs, I'm going to let the audience in on the special deal of the month. Yes, audience, when you scry in to place your first order, just speak the special promotion code, SHUT UP, SIRNOME, and every meal you order will come with a free side order of Morton's own Grandpappy-style barbecue-flavored onion bits. Need another opinion? Just ask this paid actor. Hi, I'm Tip Indecent, and they're paying it so I'm saying it. The Morton's own line of home cooking tutorials and supplies is the finest food and recipe delivery service available in your area. Why, yes, Rubes, with the Morton's own line of home cooking tutorials and supplies, you'll never chop another onion again. You'll only cry with tears of joy while you're stuck in your miserable hovel cooking up fine Epicurean experiences for one. Hey, Chipola! Why don't you end this spot with a list of all our fine recipes from the past year? Of course, Master Soulskin. This year we've had yellow onions with a pearl onion garnish, onion saute with a shallow salad, onion under glass, onion a la king, onion a la orange, onion a la mode, stoked onions, bacon wrapped onions made with bacon from the plain of onions, onions Rockefeller, Onion wrapped bacon, onion po'boy, onions casino, onion carbonara, fried onions, deep fried onions, deepest fried onions, uh, savory onion waffles with a spicy scallion syrup, onion cacciatore, onion parmigiana, tandoori onion, onions alla scotalia, onion cordon bleu, beer battered onion rings, mead battered onion rings, 
Onions Creole, Onion Schnitzel, Onions Three Ways, Onions a la Diabola, Adobo Smothered Onions, Deconstructed Onion Slaw, Onion Thermidor, Peppered Onion Au Gratin, Braised Onions, Fiery Cajun Onions, Sweet and Salty Teriyaki Onions, Onions Colorado with Green Onion Salsa Verde, Smoky Onions Creole, Onion Stuffed Onions, Onion Etouffee, Onion Jerky, Onion Stew, Onions Alfredo, Stewed Onions, Onions Wellington, Fresh Squeezed Onionade, Onion Chowder, Onion Beef, Candied Onions, Candied Onions, Onion Leather, Sunny Side Onions, Onion Stroganoff, and I guess that's about all of the kinds of onions I know how to cook at the moment. God, but I'm hungry now. You're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to be listening to the commercials, Wesley. Yeah, you're supposed to be helping us open this door. Jason, stop pushing with your back like some sort of commoner and use your magics. Oh, right. Sorry, Javier. I, I keep forgetting that magic's an option. Okay, now that each of us is focused and living closer to their full potential, everybody push! The heavy stone door slides backwards and then falls into a channel, whereupon some unseen mechanism draws it aside, hiding the slab within the left-hand wall and revealing a long, dark staircase. The passage heads downward and then turns after about 20 ILDMs, so you cannot see what lies below. Looks like the party's in the basement, which is great news because AWK loves basement parties. I like deep, dank caves as much as the next elf who prefers to live in wolf shape. But something feels wrong here. Maybe lots of things. For example, what's powering that door mechanism? And how has it lasted this long? I, I think you might be right about that, Elrenar. I've been translating this journal and it looks like it spans the year and a half before the fall of the city. Lots of pages seem to be missing, though. Uh, anyway, uh, the deep elf who wrote this was part of the city guard, charged specifically with keeping the perimeter clear of any invaders. Does the journal give any indication as to what we might face down there, Jason? Um, the first few entries are pretty boring, but day 12 has something out of the ordinary. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, from the private log of Sergeant... Ascendolian, uh, 14th day of receding heat. Out on patrol today, we found a stranger. She was of our people, but not of Ashorai. She lay in a motionless heap, her eyes having been plucked from her head. We were half a day's walk from the 97th junction, meaning that the closest outpost was more than two days away. So we took this poor wretch for dead. Castanine was the youngest of the company, so the duty of pocket rifling fell to him. He cautiously prodded the body with the butt of his spear, yielding no response, so he knelt to remove any valuables from the corpse. But when Castanine crouched, the body spun over and grabbed him by the air, slamming his face against the stone floor. The stranger crawled over my cadet, placing her mouth beside Castanine's ear. I shall not repeat what I saw that day, and I hope to never see it again, 
Suffice to say that although cast and eaten alive, he is not what I would call living. As for the stranger, she is destroyed. Castamin is now bound in Ralph Tree and headed for the deepest laboratories ever excavated for the mistresses of the arts and their experimentations. Man, bodies that don't die aren't anything new. We fight zombies all the time. Hell, one time Gork even used his holy symbol to vaporize half a dozen shamblers in a big flash of light. Actually, I just used the power of the great AWK to ensure that their souls were no longer locked outside the great afterparty. Destroying their bodies was just a side effect of time and rock catching up to their artificially preserved remains once their souls had transcended. Oh look, we're almost to the bottom of the stairs. You descend into some sort of processing and holding room. A stone desk blocks most of the entryway. A row of three cells opens up to the left, behind the desk. It doesn't look like there's any trace of the people who used to work here. Ratul is correct. Sometimes one simply needs to take a look from a different vantage point. Hardcore Scatalians, fan out and search. Nothing in the fourth cell. Just a stone sleeping slab and a granite table pot in the corner. Gods! These deep elves were quite lacking in their accommodations. Back in the Empire, at least we have the captive's bill of lights to regulate places like this. Yeah, but would you expect a city full of evil underground elves who are known for raiding the surface for resources to care too much about anybody's comfort, let alone prisoners? No, I suppose you're right, Leslie. Um, door for cell number two seem for be rotted off it hinge. It difficult for tell though. What causes this difficulty, Coltork? Well, me see troll-sized spy orc of stone ams fall through ceiling and wall. Maybe that what break door? Me not know. Me not allow for join secret Mason Orc society because of me brother and him bad reputation. All of you went for a cells when you should have been investigating the disc. Everybody with a disc ought to have an... Aha! Here it is. What did you find, Mr. Scavier? Every good disc needs a secret compartment, Jason. This is where you keep the good candies and your favorite quills that you do not want anybody else to use. I'll remember that when I get a desk. Maybe I'll get one if I cozy up to some noble somewhere and offer to control the weather for him or something. You will do no such thing, Jason. We are members of the 13th Imperial Coven. We do not cozy up to anyone or anything. If you want to help peasants by controlling the weather, then you simply do so. And if any of those peasants crosses you, then you simply hex them into next year. Anyway, I found a ring, two scrolls, and a very shimmery cloak in the secret compartment. No candies or quills, sadly. Uh, guys, you may want to get over here and bring some weapons. Looks like I found the spot where those entropy demons have been sneaking in. The third cell is in terrible disarray. Rubble and debris lay scattered everywhere except for a clean streak down the center. 
The rear section of this wall has been bored clean through, opening into a natural cavern. Well, friends, let us continue on, that we may duck. That was close. Thanks for the warning, Godric. It looks like nobody was hurt. Now that we have an idea of that which with we are about to deal, we should approach with caution. As you peer into the cavern, you can see the source of the chaos being a deep elf with pitted sockets, pierced through and through with massive bronze rings. Lengths of chain suspend him from the ceiling, looping through the body rings but somehow not tearing his flesh as he writhes and thrashes. The chain is composed of an unfamiliar metal, but you don't have long to inspect it. The deep elf snaps his head toward you and opens its gaping jaws to let forth a rattling, empty howl. That, that's Castellan from the journal I found. The, the author described how they locked him down here where he refused to die and then they started running experiments on him to see if they could convert whatever energies sustain him into usable forms of power. His chains seem to be holding fast. I do not recognize the material of which they are fashioned, though. Even though those chains seem to be holding strong, I think the masonry around us decayed over the past 15,000 years. It looks like the wall anchors are coming loose. Uh-oh, those anchors are definitely loose. As in, they just came loose from the wall. And now Castelline has a clutch of chains to use as weapons. Come, Moonslice. Let us dispatch this antediluvian denizen of decay and destruction. As you stand there discussing the ancient roots of your current problem, the being that was once Castellin dances toward the party, swinging his chains in a wide circle, all the while babbling the typical demonic nothings of the hungering end. But I can cast comprehend languages. Long has the end slept, and now that it wakes, the stars shall consume their children until bloated and tumescent, they burst and spread their spores across creation. You too shall burst, and I shall spread you across this plain. Rejoice, for we spare you the final chilling. You shall become this hero. And this hero is the absolute. Oh, look out! God, but that guy is fast. So I'm just gonna tumble around this cramped jail space until he can't see me anymore. <laughs> Tumbly half-thing remind me of song me once right. Me sing for inspire you confortance. Oh, there once was half-thing who am. Hey, that's a pretty good tune. I'll join in and jam on the spoons. Jason, put down those spoons. Spoons are utensils, not instruments. You're supposed to be on shield duty. Excellent. I agree, Ratu. I don't think that this ancient eyeless deep elf likes the spoons either. Silence. Burn and burst and thou shalt disperse. The demon snaps his arms backward, flinging the chains wide so that they strike the stone walls of the cell, whereupon they spark and ignite some unseen and unsmelled pocket of incendiary gas. 
everybody's gonna need to make some saves. <coughs> what the hells was that? Me not know, Wolfie Elf. But me ends wonder more what make new sound. The fiend is gathering the entropic force into his empty sockets. Jason, you know what to do. <sighs> Training with Uncle Ro and his friends was never this demanding. Die, surfacers. The end shall be absolute. And the absolute is the absent. And the absence is zero. Uh, Master Goodfellow, quick! Hide behind this swift shield! This fiend is far too mobile for my liking. Any ideas about how to slow him down, Yavier? Just one, Reverend Jorgston. First, I use my elementalist witchcraft to densify the air around the eyeless wretch. Uh, he's still moving, Yavs. Uh, almost hypnotically, if I'm being honest. I swear by the sacred name of AWK, if this deep elf weren't using all that chain dancing to try to kill us, I'd be tempted to bring him back to the high church of the Grand Party for our weekly rave meditation. My attempt was not to stop the wretch himself, Reverend Georgeston. It was to seize one of the chains that has been bolted onto his ankle, which I have accomplished, by the way. Yavier speaks the truth. The demon that was once Castelline takes another spinning step forward, only to find his progress impeded by the shackle upon his left ankle. Take Transor, then. Uh, Why no ams him word in common no more? The spell has a decency filter, Coltork. What he just said is best left untranslated. If he stops cursing an ancient deep elf, then we'll be able to understand him again. Oh, okay. Me follow up questions and this. Why for him chain no break? Me think him Kaork Ray ams break all thing. But chain no even look like it be touch. Look, even still shiny. Maybe shiny orc now. Coltork speaks the truth, friends. Behold, the metal of these chains seems to resist the demon's entropic decay. Perhaps it even draws strength and stability from these blasts. Quite so, Ratul. Your observation is wisely noted and well worded, as always. Come, hardcore Scottalians. I shall draw the demon's attention whilst you take hold of the other three chains. Come, Castellan, thou now standest against Godric Goodfellow and Mighty Sanction, the ancient blade of the lawful orderhood of Gomas. The demon snaps both its attention and the chain on its right wrist toward Godric, sending the links of burnished verdigree metal in a line aimed at the paladin's throat. Fortunately, Godric Goodfellow is a master of parrying. Furthermore, he is quite capable of wrapping this chain around his greatsword and then stomping upon it that he might further impede his foe's maneuverability. Here, Godric, let me take it at the phone. Aratul and I will scurry into the wall with it and anchor these shiny little links in the most solid piece of the stone that we can find. My thanks, Thalindrius. And squeak to you, Ratul. Gotta hand it to him. Matul always has the best laid plans. I guess it comes with his wealth of experience. 
Come, Moonslice, let's seize another chain. As the dire rats scurry off, Elrenar and Moonslice close in on a third chain. But before either of them can snatch it, Castellin kicks his free leg, sending the metal links across the room, once again aiming for Godric. Oh no, quick shield! Woo! That wasn't a chaos ray, but I've still got you covered, Mr. Goodfellow. I shall ever be safe if my life is in your hands, Jason. But please, call me Sir Goodfellow. Mr. Goodfellow is my father's name. Now, did anybody see where that chain landed? limerick of satirical stunning seems to have worked. The eyeless deep elf now hangs limp, suspended by the strange metal that coils around his body and through his rings. He seems quiet. Seems quiet? Or is quiet? These are very different things, and I wish to know that with which we deal. So I shall bend the great glowing torrent of creation's flowing energies around towards my witchy ends and amplify sound. I feel you stir. You sleep. Yet you now turn to wake. And to wake is to know. And to know is to be in pain. And thus I shall not let you wake. Those already awake shall be rent. That they may never wake him again. shed by Yavier's orb, Jason's eyes seem to glow brighter against that darkness, shining with a deep, pulsing, amber light. I... I smell... There's... there's something in it. Something that... Something that smells... It smells wrong. Something that's not really him. 
air stirs in the cramped jailhouse, softly at first, but soon a stiff wind whips around the room, rustling clothes and blowing away loose headgear. But all eyes are drawn toward the young half-elf in the silver-embroidered mage's robes. He has grown to a height of twelve and a half ILDMs, his neck and back now bristling with thick hairs. His tusks gleam in the light of his eyes, and the great rushing vortex that has caused the sudden windstorm seems to have its focal points somewhere inside Jason's massive porcine nostrils. Jason, why were you in giant pig form? You know I do not approve of your manners when you... Jason? Jason, what is wrong? Why are you not looking at me while I am talking to you? Whatever's happening, Yavier, I do not believe that Jason can stop himself. Did I not know better, I would say he seems possessed. Indeed, Ratul. A Godric is right. The boy does seem possessed, but he is a possessed of the purpose. Look how he's drawing his nose, a closer and a closer to a Castellin's face. Uh, is there supposed to be a thick, coaling cloud of greasy black smoke coming out of that guy's eyes? And, uh, why isn't said gross cloud going into Jason's nose when he's snorting in that hall? Not that I want it to. I just want to know which laws of nature are being broken right now. No laws of nature are being broken, Emrenard. I feel the stirrings of divinity and extraplanar energies in this room. I think... By the celestial bouncer, may he never reject us. I think Jason is drawing out the demon from Castellan's mind. Rourke is swiftly proven correct. As the formless cloud hangs in that space between the deep elf's pitted eyes and the great boar's snorting nostrils, it slowly collapses into a vaguely humanoid shape with five-point radial symmetry that suggests arms, legs, and a head. We gotta do something about that smoke demon, man. But, uh, should we let go of these chains? I don't want to let loose my good friend if I don't have to. As the fiend of the hungering end takes its rough-edged shape, the light in the great werebore's eyes flickers. Within moments, Castellini noticeably goes slack, slumping low in his chains. We must move quickly before the advantage is no longer ours. Hardcore Scottalians? Strike for the Empire! The party sets to their grisly work with severity and determination. Weapons, teeth, claws, and spells soar through the air, mostly proving useless against this demon, with a few key exceptions. As the light in Jason's eyes intensifies, Yavie, tiny in comparison to the hulking werebore beside him, noticeably grows in magical strength visibly warping reality around her as she uses her witch magics to form lances of unbridled elemental force, which she casts over the shoulders of her teammates, piercing the demon's coalescing form. Yeah! Our bond is strong, Jason! I feel... I feel the fire of burning bright within you. As the fire heats, the winds stir. Wind brings rain, and rain falls upon the stone at the heart of flame. Reality 
is a circle of cycles within circuits, and this thing has no place on our course. As the lances of pure organizing principle pierce the demon's chest and shoulders, the party hacks away at its long, spindly legs. A moment ago, their knives, maces, teeth, and claws merely passed through the chaos elemental. But Yavier's magical bolts seem to be counteracting whatever supernatural effects have been formally protecting it. Denizen of the Hungering End, you stand before Godric Goodfellow, Paladin of Gomos, and rightful steward of Sanction, the Holy Blade of Justicar Weavera. They say she found it in a hidden temple, deep in the Forge Fen Swamp, and among all the Order, it was only she whose heart was light enough that it would bear her touch, and thus allow her to bear its might. And so, I invoke the first Justicar, and I ask her to forgive me the sin of testing your heart. May it be light under the weight of Gomas's justice. Godric holds the sacred weapon before him, the lugs and the blade protecting the crown of his skull. He then pulls his left hand outward for a moment, wheeling the blade above the heads of his partners, before stepping to the right and snapping his arms to the left, bringing Sanction upward toward where the demon's right hip bone would be, if it had a skeleton. The blade cleaves heavily through the monster's form, stopping only when the sword has reached its left breast, whereupon the jail cell lights up in a blinding flash, and a wave of force rolls outward. Slamming everybody against the walls. Oh, am I blind? Or did Yavier's light go out? Me think there am's no light. Me was be able for close eyes when hunger king demon explode. Now, I'll just look like Regulork for cave. Here, Meams can use me Bardork magic for make you Tiny Day Moon. Thanks for that, Coltork. Okay, is everybody alright? I know this is usually Godric's job, but sound off. And groan if you need me. Fortunately, one of the benefits of following the great god of celebrations is an immunity to the damaging effects of blinding or strobing lights. And by many long hours of meditative headbanging, seems to have prepared my skull to shrug off blows like the one I just received. Escalade. Ratul and I managed to curl up when the blast hit. I think I may need someone to realign the bones in my back, but at least I'm alive. Yavier? Yavier, wake up! Receive the healing light of Gomas as I lay my hands upon you. Grok, come help. Her wounds are healed, yet she does not stir. Here, Godric, let, let me see. Maybe she just needs a little bit of restoration. I think it may have something to do with all witch bond. I've healed Jason's wounds and cast restoration enough times that I think I might need to take a little bleeder. But I can't yet, because he's still just barely bleeding. Hey, guys. I know our friends are still in need of extreme medical attention, but I think this deep elf kid is still breathing. Or maybe breathing again? I think this kid with no eyes needs help, too. All right, then. Wesley, Thalindrius, Ratul, you three rest up, and in an hour, I want you scouting the city while the rest of us bivouac here and run triage. 
If the Grand Partier, the Spirit of Nature, and the Lord of Laws are truly with us, we will be able to move out in the next few hours. This is the 20-Sided Theater online at 20sidedtheater.com. You can also follow us on Twitter through Scryomagical Links that Imanand and Thrimluck have established. You can follow the 20-Sided Theater at 2-0-Sided Theater, spelled with an R-E. The inseparable Romande Sorfinde at Illustrious Grove. Master Imanand Shenuda at Shenuda Necroco. Thrimluck Lenanian at Thrimluck. Pizza Featherfoot at Lady Featherfoot. And... Spirit of Swift Wind at Spirit O-T-S-W. Check the show notes if you need help with the spelling. The 20-Sided Theater is brought to you by Sorfinde Productions and the Shinuda Necromancy Corporation. This episode stars Gabriel Abenante, Natalie Abenante, Blake Parker, Kerry Quatrin, Kian Quatrin, Rory Quatrin, and Tony Scarufi. Tonight's episode was written by Rory Quatrin and engineered by Blake Parker. Music by Audio Lots, Ben Griggs, Stephen O'Brien, and VCMG. For a complete list of and links to all the music and sound effects you heard on tonight's episode, visit the show notes at 20sidedtheater.com. While you're there, consider donating to the upkeep and production of the 20-Sided Theater. If you don't, I'll have Thrimlock open several small and permanent portals within your residence, each connected to the elemental plane of Scarabs. Join us next time at the 20-Sided Theater. Can you hear me? I'm tapping into the elven thoughtscape again. That I can, Caitheran. That must mean that it's time for another thrilling installment of Thrim and Rose Elven nope, Call. Not this time, Bard. This time I'm calling to tell you about a great new service that I just signed you up for. Ooh, a new service? Oh, but I hope it's not one of those specialty services that hides a pee under your mattress twice a year. You know, so that you can be certain that your delicate constitution has remained as sensitive as it should. Gross, but no overstuffed pipe, Catheran. You know how you never write any operas about those times between our adventures, when we're doing administrative work for our various land holdings, or researching frivolous new spells such as prismatic slippers! Yes, I know those times. 
those are the times that are so boring that I cannot even fabricate an interesting series of events. What in the hells was that sound, Katharine? Oh, it's just an alarm I set to go off whenever the postman finally catches up with me. Uh, give me one second. Uh, yes, uh, Oh, thank you, Walkbert. Yes, the sliding tech delivery service is always such a pleasure to... seem to have received a medium-classed crate with no return address, Katharine. And whatever's in it doesn't seem to be very appreciative of Walkbert's handling, uh, um, I mean, flippering, of its parcel. Go ahead and open it, Katharine. While you do, I'll explain to the audience how monthly evil monkeys can improve their time between adventures. Oh, no. You see, a good adventurer needs to stay on their toes, especially between notable events. And with monthly evil monkeys, you can be sure that your edge never dulls. Up to four times a month, you will receive, run across, or be found by an evil monkey who will not stop until one of you... Hang on a second. Let's check in with our satisfied customer. How's the evil monkey, Katharine? How do I kill this damn thing, Thrimlock? Nothing I've tried has worked, and, and the vorpal enchantment on my potato-soled scimitar seems to be of no use against this thick-necked simian. That's because you don't know the secret to monthly evil monkey's entrepreneurial success. First, someone with a big net goes to the plane of evil primates, and, uh, let's just say they offer up enough bananas to make enough splits for every archer in Sandusky's civic guard. And in return, about a hundred thousand evil monkeys find their way to one of our packing teams. That's when one of my wizard interns cast girls, forcing the evil monkey to attack his specific person until one of them... Lilia, why don't you case You speak my I want to work your way over to the bar for this next... Just ask him what he wants! Oh, ye gods! It's in my hair! Katharan, this evil monkey has ruined my beautiful hair! What behind the bar can possibly be of help now? Every evil monkey is under magical orders to beat their targets to within an inch of their life until one of them can manage to smash a barrel over the other one's head. <clears throat> Good work, Clyde. Oh, and before any of you scry in to complain, sometimes they'll send great apes, dolls, or plush toys instead. But they all come from the plane of evil primates. So you won't get any money back if you get killed by a dia gorilla or a sock monkey wearing a fez when you were expecting a macaque. How you doing down there, Katharine? I hate you. Monthly evil monkeys. Keep your adventuring edge all year round. Use the promo code SHUTUPSERNOME, all one word, at checkout for 30% off the listed price.
good work, Clyde. Oh, and before any of you scry in to complain, sometimes they'll send grape ape... Uh, grape apes? <clears throat> <laughs> Sometimes they send grape ape, and then you're fucked. 